Hello, and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's hot take podcast. On this episode, we're discussing Walker Kessler's unlikely commitment to UNC, a little bit about the basketball recruits who will be attending late night with Roy, and previewing Carolina football's game against Clemson. I'm Tanya Bondurant, and with me as always is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how are you doing? Hey, hey, Tanya. Yes. We we got somebody, we got a new Tar Heel. We did. I'm very happy. It is that kind of good news that will sustain us through a long work week. Yes, for sure. Especially this one. This one came completely out of left field. So those are usually the better ones because, I mean, the ones you expect are great, but the ones that are a surprise, I mean, let's face it, surprises are even better, right? They're fun, and it's even more fun when everyone expected that player to go and wear a much uglier shade of blue. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, if you don't know who we're talking about, we are talking about five-star center and 2020 prospect Walker Kessler. Uh, This happened Sunday night, I believe. Sunday night. Yeah. He was just leaving his official visit. I don't even know if the guy made it home. And then the announcement dropped. Um, Although it wasn't even really an announcement. It seemed like there was a lot of sketchy stuff around it, and it kind of just sort of came out. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And truthfully, we can't go into great detail until I can access that information for free. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much how that went. But anyways, yeah, he's a Tar Heel now. Um, was heavily favored to go to Duke. So good for him for making the right decision. He had actually made visits to Auburn, Duke and Michigan, but prior to his visit to UNC, um, he also was looking at Gonzaga, but from what I can tell, he didn't make an official visit there. So I think it was really just between the four programs. I could be wrong. He might not, he might've actually planned to have that happen and didn't get to it. Um, Once again, I'd have to double check that information, but either way, he basically had those visits and after UNC's, it was a done deal. And I mean, it's easy to see why Chapel Hill would sell a player on coming there, in my humble opinion. So it makes sense that getting them on campus and and having them see sort of the environment that they would be in would uh, tip the scales, I think. Yeah. And he's a big, I mean, we all know he's going to. Yeah. (laughs) A big, big. (laughs) My dude is very large. He is seven foot flat. Um, Who was the last seven foot player we had? Zeller? It might have been Zeller. Or was he 6'11"? He might have been seven feet. I feel like Zeller was listed at seven feet, but I could be wrong. You may be right. Yeah, you may be right. Um, The funny thing is, I believe UNC was also recruiting, and see, I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head, but anyways, the other guy that they were looking at at center was seven foot two. So believe it or not, height-wise, this is the second tallest that they were looking at. 
So what you're saying is that there will soon be quite a departure from Luke May playing the five. Yeah. Long bury the days where we have to worry about things like that because as long as this keeps happening, I mean, and, and honestly, like this situation is set up in such a way to where I don't know if Kessler and Sharp are both one and dones or not. I say that as somebody that isn't fully educated in their skill sets to the point where I can say that in confidence. Um, I'm just not, but that's kind of neither here nor there. Point being, at least for one more year, we're getting a legitimate center. Well, two legitimate centers. Right. So I guess the expectation there is that Daron Sharp will play the four. Kessler the five? I don't know because Sharp is six eleven. That's true. The the it's going to be some trees down there. Yeah. No matter which um, way Roy decides to go. Pretty much. I was looking at some stuff today, and the only theory that I could come up with is that Sharp, Kessler, and if he stays Baycott will be centers and then uh garrison brooks and brandon huffman would be at the four and uh, uh, sterling manley as well i kind of forgot that which i'd have conspiracy theories about what could end up happening with that but we won't dive too deep into that um yeah but it it it's weird because yeah, at the four it's going to be a situation where unless they get somebody else that can play that position, it's actually not a very deep position in terms of what you would actually expect and size wise from a power forward. But yeah, it could just be trees on the court, really. I'm kind of here for it. I mean, we've we've seen them have a little bit of trouble when they don't have that overpowering size. So, yeah. I mean, as of course, size is useless if it's not polished. Um, we kind of saw that a little bit. I'm not going to name names. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, the, these are very highly rated players. So, that should not be a concern. Yeah. And the other thing that I just remembered is we've dealt a lot with a very large Florida state squad, just various large Florida state squads. So it's likely that everybody's going to be mixing and matching probably more than I'm thinking in this very moment. It's possible. It could just be a bunch of large boys running around the court, but you know, yeah. Are very tall sons. Very, very tall sons. You throw like Leaky in at the point guard. Oh and it's my just Lord. like <laughs> the all large son lineup. Oh my lord. I'm I'm uh, coining that now. Yeah. The large son lineup the coming large. to you in twenty twenty. <laughs> now they just need to get like exceptionally large, like point guards and shooting guards, yeah. and they'll be in business. All giants, but, um, all the time. 
all giants all the time. So with this commitment, it does give UNC a little bit of a different look when comparing Kessler to Dayron Sharp. Um, Dayron Sharp, he's more of a player that'll play at the rim. You're not going to see him play any more than about eight feet away from the rim, more than likely. Uh, that's that's just where he is, and he keeps getting stronger and more explosive, and it's it's kind of crazy. I still can't believe the come up that kid's had. Um, Kessler, however, is more of a stretch five. Um, that's not to say that he's going to be amazing at shooting the three. I, once again, I wasn't prepared for this situation to happen, so I don't necessarily have that information. But I do know that he has a jumper, and I do know that he has – the ability to knock down shots from mid range and things like that. He has a hook shot. Um, he can stretch the defense in various ways, good hands, good feet. Um, one of the scouting reports for 24 seven um, in their free section um, is that worst case scenario, they project him as a solid NBA backup center. I mean, that's a pretty impressive projection. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's exciting. I mean, I just I, – I almost still don't know what to say because he was one of those that I definitely took off of my radar personally because I was just like, he's going to Duke. Everybody thinks he's going to Duke. There's no – there was just radio silence when it came to UNC. He takes his visit and he's just like, oh, yeah, this is great. And literally that's what happened is, oh, this is great. He visited campus this past weekend and he said that, you know, he just saw Roy Williams as being a great coach, saw it was great coaching staff, facilities, great campus, great. What he said, which that was big, and this is something I don't really hear from recruits anymore is he said that even if he didn't play basketball, he could see himself being a student there. I think that's important when getting any kid to go to your school. Uh, but yeah, he was just walking down the street with the other Walker, uh, Walker Miller and uh, Franklin street that is. And he just kind of looked at him and was just like, yeah, like, I think this is it. Hit Michael Jackson pose. I'm also not going to name names, but in true Duke fan fashion, there are some Duke writers that have already decided that um, they didn't need him anyway, and it doesn't matter because he's not that good. So, you know, typical. Typical, typical. That that is just the – that's a level of pettiness that I – can't really get behind because it's like i'm sorry like if you say that about a five star like zion williamson i tried to rationalize in my head that like he's not going to blow up into like this college superstar but i never thought that he was just going to not be that good and the kid balled out of control so i am very careful of throwing out hot takes just to make myself feel better so I will pray for that particular writer because that kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. It's also just unnecessary. Like, it's a high school kid making a decision that's best for him. So, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, like we have our rivalries and everything like that, but 
the kid's going to make his choice that he thinks it's best for him. If he doesn't choose your school, congratulate him, move along, nothing to see here. If he chooses your school, celebrate like all get out, throw a ticker tape parade, you know, all that stuff. It's just, it's not so serious that I'm going to throw shade at anybody. So, And I mean, you can be disappointed, but I don't think there's any need to like diminish his abilities that clearly interested your coaching staff. Right. He decided to go somewhere else. Right. If he's not that good, then coach K isn't recruiting him. God knows coach K of all people are not going to recruit him if he's no good. So yeah, that's just, uh, that that's no, just, just no. Um, so this recruit was big to land. Um, and I'm kind of wondering what kind of implications it's going to have going forward, especially this weekend, because as many may know, it is late night. Um, and an early September edition of late night. Yeah. And there is a lot of basketball recruits coming. I think mo- more top tier recruits at once than I think I've seen in quite a while coming to campus all at the same time. Um, Cade Cunningham, who is the best recruit that Roy Williams is recruiting for the 2020 class. Paulo Banchero, the best recruit that he is currently recruiting for the 2021 class. Dayron Sharp, who's already committed. Greg Brown and Zion, or I'm sorry, Zaire Williams. I knew I was going to do that. But yeah, they will all be in attendance for that as well as the Clemson game. It should be fun. And I mean, I'm most curious about Cunningham just because we all thought that he would have already committed to Oklahoma State by now. And the fact that he hasn't is very intriguing to me. Um, It'll be interesting to see sort of what comes out after he attends late night. Yeah, I kind of wonder if Lightning's going to be able to strike twice for Roy and his staff because with the whole Kessler commitment being pretty surprising to everybody, including Evan Daniels, of all people, um, I feel like Cunningham is one of those that nobody will be quite that level of shocked but it'll still be pretty shocking just because it's one of those Oklahoma state versus everybody type things. But everybody's kind of saying right now, you know, if it's not Oklahoma state, it's probably going to be UNC. So it's a good situation to be in. I don't know how likely it is that we get them, but every opportunity that Roy gets to interact with them, I think is going to be important. I think we might have talked about it on the last podcast, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. But it seemed like everyone was kind of saying that the next recruiting class had the ability to be pretty boom or bust. Well, with this announcement, it seems like it's on its way to being kind of boom. Um, Hopefully, at least. And if... Roy Williams can land Cunningham. 
I think that that would be, I mean, you have to talk about like one of the best recruiting classes in a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listen, like even the ones that are coming this weekend, that's not factoring in Caleb Love. That's not factoring in uh, Puff Johnson. That's not factoring in Earl Timberlake. Like there's a number of top players that are still on that board and it kind of seems like things are going pretty decent with the Caleb Love situation. He was there with Walker Kessler, actually. Um, the crystal ball um, has has swung wildly in UNC's favor. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody should be – if there's anybody to keep an eye on right this moment, it is definitely him. I don't know when exactly he might be looking to commit, but, I mean – just the fact that it swung after this weekend, that's not a coincidence. Something went right after that visit. So, yeah, I think right now it's trending towards boom. And honestly, it's hard to be a bust when you got two five stars anyway. Just right. that's kind of my opinion. Um, he could get like two or three four stars and it'd be fine. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the bigger picture of who he's recruiting, if you're like, oh, well, he missed out on 98% of the five stars and that's what you view as a bust, then fine. But I don't necessarily see it that way. I think right now there is like the best foundation that you can establish for a recruiting class. And from here, you just see what else you can pull off. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I selfishly want Puff Johnson just because I loved Cam and I would like another Cam. But, I mean, any – I will welcome any and all of them into into my heart. So, Same. Let's go. Yeah, let's do this. Well, we will take a quick commercial break, and then when we get back, we will switch gears to football and talk about this Clemson game that will probably not be as interesting as we would like, but hopefully it will be. So stay tuned. Be right back. All right. And we are back. So, Tanya, let's talk some UNC football. We have Clemson coming into town this weekend. Hmm. Hmm. So, I don't even want this. It's hard to want it when we kind of know what the outcome would be. But it's here. It is a reality that we have to deal with. I will have you know that the line has moved in UNC's favor. Are you serious? It was, I think it opened at Clemson minus 29 and a half. Yeah. And it's now at Clemson minus 26 and a half. (laughs) Progress has been made. Hashtag progress. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, man. That is fantastic. Well, hey, listen. It, it, it's a game that's going to happen. Um, Does it happen? Yeah, it, it, I guess so. Um, it's going to be bad. Yeah, 
I'm especially concerned about Sam Howell's safety, to be Same. very honest. I need Sam to be alive when the game is over with and in one piece. That is definitely their number one priority. I mean, there's going to come a point in the game where they're going to have to think of, is there anybody to replace them even? Um, there is a human that exists that is the third string quarterback. They need so. to consider that human at some point. If it's a blowout, it's not worth risking getting him hurt. You just got to put somebody else in. Cause, I agree. Wow. We and, have other games that are winnable that we need to kind of preserve livelihood for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not I trying think, to get anybody. I, I hate being like so doom and gloom, but like, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing. Anybody that's listening that's an optimistic UNC football fan, I'm not trying to bring you down, but anytime that you're playing the number one team in the country and you're not even ranked and you've had things kind of go the way that that it's gone for UNC, it's just hard to see any positive outcome other than maybe they'll keep this close for a little bit. Maybe they'll get out of here with no injuries. That's going to be a big win if they do that. Because I feel like it's been every week somebody's went down. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as bad as it was the year before last, right? Where it was mm-hmm. just like the entire team every five seconds getting hurt. It's not quite that bad, but it's still in such a state that UNC cannot afford to have happen. They just can't, especially. Do you know how many yards Clemson is totaling per game? How many yards? 524.8. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you know how many rushing yards they're allowing per game? 50? 94. Wow. They are averaging 247 rushing yards per game. Mm. They're not even going to need to throw. (laughs) Well, they're averaging 277.8 yards of passing per game. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Like, I just want to score. Yeah. Like, that's my hope and my dream. Just... (laughs) Just crack the scoreboard. I feel good about them at least scoring. Like, I don't think it's going to be bad. I do. They're averaging 10 points allowed per game. Well, if you look at it this way, at some point, well, I don't know, because they're the number one team in the country. And see, here's the difference between top five teams and other teams they don't take their foot off the gas and that's exactly what i was about to say was maybe they'll take their foot off the gas so yeah i guess i can't say that. i mean maybe like maybe we'll get some like garbage time yeah success maybe that's what we hope for i'm yeah. just saying that when you look at it stacked up that way it's they're good. They they are deserving of being the number one team. It's 
Yeah, I I don't have anything bad to say about Clemson. I think there's a lot of teams in the conference that I can find ways to be a little petty about, but this team isn't one of them. They've earned every little bit of clout that they've attained over the last like five or six years, and they're just they're just good. There's Sam no Howell has thrown for it. more yards than Trevor Lawrence, though. Well, there's that. <laughs> there is a silver lining. There is a silver lining. Wow. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, though, the positive, just no matter what, the environment should be fun. It's going to be another sellout game. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's going to be hyped for this, win or lose, because it's just not often that Clemson comes into town, especially when they're this good. So. I expect my ears to be ringing after this, assuming that everybody doesn't get super quiet when it's like 21 nothing. I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> we're just being realistic. We're, that, um, we're under-promising so that we can over-deliver. Yeah. Hopefully. This is one of those situations where I'm like, surprise me. I will gladly take a surprise. I want to be wrong so badly. I will happily eat some crow. Like yeah. if if you guys want to be competitive and make this like another like gut wrenching game, like I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um you know what? Let's just dive right into it. Tanya, do you have any predictions for this game? Pain. That is my prediction. <laughs> I have no other prediction. I don't think there's any other prediction that you could possibly give. Just, oh just pain. Just pain. Oh. Hopefully wow. it will be over quickly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be over quickly. We can go to our establishment of choice and cry into our beverage of choice. There you go. I mean, hey, Keenan sells alcohol now, so why wait till after the game? Uh, yeah. Stop but right in. It's also like $8 a drink. It is. It I is. mean, goodness gracious. And he's not cups are $8 as well. So. Yeah. It's yeah. real out here in these streets, I'm telling you. It really is. But also, it's going to be like close to 90 degrees oh man so yeah. it's basically you need to choose between the liquid that will help rid you of your depression and the liquid that may keep you from passing out the choice is yours yes choose wisely yes mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be a great time it should be a great time. I promise it'll it, look if you go in there with the right expectations, it'll still be kind of fun. And I really tried to make that sound fun. It's hard. It, it is, but it should be fun. Right. Kind of. It, it should, should be fun. I mean, it's not often that you get to play the number one team. <laughs> 
I'm literally like that crying face with the happy mask in front of it. Yeah. Like, that, that is me. That is my mood. If we could set that picture as like the cover for this podcast and or article, it would make <laughs> me very happy. So if you think we could get rid away with it, I mean, I, we can let it fly. I will see what I can do. Here is the silver lining, though. Carolina plays Georgia Tech next, who is one and two. A potential win. A potential win. But they're playing in Atlanta, and I trust nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's hard to trust, especially when they didn't play that well on the road against Wake. I think that's the other reason that that one's kind of hard to trust. At least Wake is good. Wake is, yeah. Also, it's not Clemson. So it's not Clemson. I'm just hanging my hat on that. No, we, no team that they play for the rest of the year is Clemson. Yeah, there's that. It's just this game is of such high of a caliber that when looking at literally the rest of the schedule, I'm like, this is fine, and nothing's burning around me when I say that. It's literally this is fine. Georgia Tech, bring it. Virginia Tech, bring it. Duke, bring it. Even Virginia, who almost dropped the ball against Old Dominion, bring it. Uh, Pitt, Mercer, State, bring it. This Clemson one, though, is just like the last of a series of how did y'all schedule things like this games? Yeah, I mean, you... You love to see it for, like, the atmosphere and and the ability to, you know, have a team like Clemson come to Chapel Hill. You hate to see it for, like, literally every other reason. Yeah. The other upside is, going back to what we were saying about late night, there will be recruits there. They'll get to experience the football atmosphere at its highest. Sold-out game against the number one team in the country. It'll be live. Everybody will be into it, like I said, at least for a little bit. Um, Do, I don't know. It, it's really, like, are there parents signing consent forms to let them see what's about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I just don't know that children should be exposed to that. <laughs> this is your friendly reminder that you are listening to What in Tarnation, our hot takes podcast. Some of them aren't even 18 yet. Like, they can't get into <laughs> rated R movies. And they this can. might be a rated R movie for oh, gore Lord. and violence. It, like, jumps to that NC-17 rating <laughs> that literally was used for, like, no top tier movie it was like all of the what did they call the ones that never made it to theater like the b movies <laughs> straight to i don't know yeah straight to dvd or something like that yeah. like saying, it's gonna be it's not gonna be it's not gonna be great yeah but you know what i'm gonna if say any, to, if any recruit comes to that game and commits shortly thereafter, like 
someone should bake him a cake if that's okay with the NCAA. Yeah. I don't know if it is, but. I think the strategy is to find out where they live, bake the cake, place it on their doorstep, mm-hmm. not run, do not leave a return address, mm-hmm. and let let it be. Don't even paint it Carolina blue because somebody will figure it out somehow. It's just yeah. like, why did he get this cake? This looks suspect. Why is this a Tar Heel cake? I'm just saying, if if you see what's going to happen and you still commit, you are the realest one and and you deserve cake. Yeah. Part of me hopes that one of the recruits is listening, which I don't know that they ever do or not. But if you're listening, just know. Someone, we think you deserve cake. Right. And someone who cannot, will not be named. I'm not saying either of us will bake said cake. <laughs> but we are saying that do not be surprised if cake shows up to your doorstep. NCAA, I have not confirmed anything <laughs> that I might do. So don't come knocking. I will not let you in. My baking is between me and the Lord. Right. So It's like, maybe I invite the dude to church. Maybe I bake the cake and I just happen to like set it down in the area for, you know, you all the students. You were walking through his neighborhood. Yeah. You need to set it down for a beat. You were yeah. maybe being chased by a neighborhood dog. And I just gently set it down in a very safe location. <laughs> On his porch. Yeah, exactly. That's all that happened. <laughs> now that this podcast has gone completely off the rails, <laughs> Brandon, do you have anything else? No, other than we have literally hit the point in this show where we are exactly what we say we are. And I hope that everybody embraces it as much as we have. We're just, you know, telling the truth. Yeah. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. You can find me at THB Brandon. And you can find me at Tanya Bondurant or at Tar Heel Blog, probably crying through the game on Saturday. With the mask in front of your face that is actually smiling. Exactly. We will be back to wrap up everything that happens, <laughs> I think. I yeah, hope. we'll talk about it, <laughs> probably from laughs, but through laughs, but we'll talk about it. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Chad Floyd will be happy to read your rating on his next show. Uh, in the meantime, go Heels. Go Heels.